and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand the proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. A wise man will hear and will increase learn and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels as you are aware Much is said in the scripture of uh, hearing, hearing what God the Lord doth speak. Whosoever hath ears to hear, let him hear. And we read also of glorious promises made to this attitude of heart and mind towards God. Hear and use and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. The time is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of Man the Son of God and those that hear shall live. And here we read that a wise man Now, in many statements, it is difficult to say with um, certainty which is cause and which is effect. Certainly, hearing and wisdom are here set side by side. And we may well ask the question, which is the cause and which is the effect? 
There's a man here because he is wise. Or is he wise because he hears? Well, in many statements of the kind, we say, uh, the best um, interpretation of them perhaps would be to say that there is what we call reflex The one increases the other. They act and react upon each other. A wise man hears because he's wise. But he's made wiser by hearing. That is a truth, of course, that should need no demonstration. The common proverb, or, or the common saying, proves that conclusively. When you speak, you learn nothing. When you hear, you may learn something. To hear. Now, as there is much set of hearing, hearing the word of God, here we are told that even faith itself comes in this way. While it is the gift of God, yet it is said that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. While we read all these and much more about hearing, we also read much about wisdom. It is the wise man that hears. He is wise. Now at the beginning of this wisdom, as we read further down in this chapter, is the fear of the Lord. There are two statements made in scripture that are closely related and that at home it will be understood in their importance and significance. We read that the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But we also read that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, wisdom and knowledge are not synonymous terms. Wisdom is not to be equated with knowledge. They are distinct. They are often found together, yet the one is not the other. A wise man may be very ignorant. That is, he may not have much learning. 
but he may have native wisdom that will put to shame all the learned of others. A wise man, he may not know much. His knowledge may be limited indeed, but yet he has wisdom. And because he has wisdom, if the means are available, he will increase in knowledge. On the other hand, there are knowledgeable people, persons who have accumulated a great amount of knowledge, who have not been made much wiser by that knowledge. Knowledge and wisdom are not the same. They are not to be equated, the one with the other. Nevertheless, in the ordinary way of events, they are often found together. Now, what we mentioned this was, why we mentioned this was that in the scriptures, the particular type of knowledge that is there spoken of, and the particular type of wisdom, are both preached to the one origin, to the one core, namely the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is also the beginning of knowledge. That is the same. Where the fear of the Lord is not, there is neither wisdom nor knowledge. And that's a deplorable condition to be in. It certainly would be deplorable and would be recognized as such in the things of this life. An ignoramus without wisdom would be a person shunned by all. But in the spiritual realm, there are so many who have neither wisdom nor knowledge. And very often, they may, they may pass muster as being very wise and very learned. fear of the Lord. Now our way of argument in this connection was this. The wise fear. Therefore, those who hear have the fear of the Lord in their heart. That is why so many promises Great and glorious promises are made to hearing what God the Lord does speak. Now in this connection, hearing with the fear of the Lord in the heart implies that it is reverent hearing. 
The soul that hears is the scriptural sense of the term. Hears with reverence. The word of God is recognized for what it is. It is recognized as the word of the Lord. <clears throat> now when we hear in this way, <clears throat> when we hear with reverence, there is the desire not only to understand what God the Lord does speak, but to act upon it. No man hears the word of the Lord with reverence unless he is prepared not only to receive that word, certainly to receive it, but he must be prepared also to lay it up in his heart and to practice it in his life. There is no reverence here without that. There may be much learning of a kind. The learning that is divorced from the fear of the Lord. There is much of that in the world. But the learning or the knowledge that has the fear of the Lord as its root, as its beginning, is a learning that comes through reverence for the Lord himself. And therefore, reverence for his word. Well, if that is the case, that has got many who have knowledge. But there is a tendency, <clears throat> and it has been for, for long enough, a tendency to treat the word of God not only with disrespect, but to treat it as if it were inferior to the word of man. And the way in which this has been done, has been done and is done, was and is this, they deny that it is the word of the Lord. in order not only to recognize but also to acknowledge the word of the Lord for what it is we must know that it is the word of God receive it with reverence <clears throat> but in turn, <clears throat> this brings us to um, something else. 
We have to receive it, we're saying, with reverence. Recognizing it as the word of the Lord. But we are also to understand something of its authority. We are not only to hear it with reverence, but we are to recognize that it is authoritative. It is the word of the Lord. It is the last word. Nothing more will never be spoken. As far as giving wisdom and knowledge to men is concerned. It is most solemn, my friends, to realize that in at least one sense, the last word has been spoken. There will never be another word from God until we hear the birth is that is to stand for all eternity. And even that bird is to be pronounced in the word of scriptures which we already have. The last word has been spoken. Nothing more will be spoken. All the authority of God is behind his word, and that word is not going to change. Nothing is to be subtracted from it. Nothing is to be added to it. It is complete and entire. And unless we are made wise by what has been spoken, there is no other medium of wisdom. We cannot be made wise by anything else. We may say of the word in this connection, what we read of in the epistle to the Hebrews, of the sacrifice of Christ. If we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. There is nothing else. Of course, the sin there referred to is this apostasy, turning away from Christ. No, if we turn away from Christ, so says the apostle, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. There is no other sacrifice. If we turn away from the only one there is, of course, there cannot be any other. There is only one. If we turn away from it, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. The same is true of the word in this connection. If we are not made wise by the word, there is nothing else in heaven or on earth that can make us wise. A wise man will hear. And this is not only a means of increase of wisdom, but it is also the test of whether we have any wisdom at all. 
Do we hear? Was the wise here? And all the wise here? And only the wise here? They are wise. And their wisdom may appear as in other things. They have ceased to hear the word of man. They have turned away from the cathedral and are now waiting upon the Lord. Not that the word of God can be spoken by a cathedral, yes? But the wise always seek a consciousness of the authority of the word they hear. And it doesn't matter who says it, unless it is recognized as the word of God, then the wise turn away from it. As I heard once, uh, a godly and an able preacher say, Oh, that it has been here should not be the attitude of those who close their eyes and open their mouths to take anything that's given to them. That should not be our attitude in hearing. Our attitude should be that of the barrier. What did they do? They examined daily what they heard by what they read. They read the word of God and they examined what they heard by what they read in the word. That used to be the condition. That used to be the case. But alas, it is not the case anymore. Why? The authority of God's word has been undermined in the minds of men. So that every figment of the imagination that is put forward as the word of God is supposed to have more authority than that word itself. Every, every crazy scheme that is set before people is received with acclamation. Why? The word of the Lord has been said to one side. Its authority is denied. Man is exalted, especially man's wisdom. The wise hear, but when they hear that sort of thing, they turn away from it. Why? They have tasted the good word of God. They have tasted God's word. Hence it is precious to them. Hence they hear it. And they want to hear more and more of that word. And of the yes. 
Away with those ideas of men that would improve on God's work. There is no room for them. Time is too short. He should not abstain. And too great and too solemn. It is the hand of, of criminality to be trifling with the souls of men. The hand of sinfulness for us to trifle with our own soul by giving our own or anyone else's thoughts a higher place than we give to the word of God. The wise will hear though. They are blessed to hear. Oh, greatly blessed the people are. The joyful sounds that know. They know the word as a joyful sound. And it is not easy to take the word from such as these. Yea, they will cling on to it with all tenacity. They value it more than the necessary food. The word of the Lord. The wise hear. And in hearing they get wiser. At least they increase in knowledge. In learning. This, of course, is not the learning of this world. It is a learning which none of the princes of this world knew. It is wisdom to which they are stranger. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. It is learned. Learning the truth and remember the truth as it is to Jesus. Notice things that are there further. <laughs> it is not really what we know, although let us emphasize in the passing, it is extremely desirable that we should know the lesser of the world. Much damage is done because people are ignorant even of the lesser of the world. We should use every means at our disposal to increase in the knowledge of the lesser of the world. It is really appalling the ignorance that prevails in Christian circles of the ignorance that prevails of the lesser of the world. I know of a man who came to the minister once for baptism and he didn't know who the first man was. He didn't know anything about that and that was in a Christian community. No, no, that was a definite shame. But going on from there, 
we should know more of the letter of the word. And it doesn't matter how much we know, we should know more and more and more. But we should always remember that knowledge of the letter is not sufficient. Yea, that knowledge of the letter may harden the heart. But that is no excuse for us not knowing it. minister was once telling me that he was seeing a patient in the hospital. And this patient said to him, when I was young, my parents did not believe in teaching us the letter of scriptures. They didn't believe in teaching the letter of scriptures. But she says, oh, how much better I should be off now if my mind had been stored with the letter of the, of, of the scriptures in my younger days. We should know more of the letter. But that's just not the learning that is here referred to. However desirable that is, and desirable it is, it is learning the ways of the Lord in his dealings with men. No, we cannot learn that from the letter of Scripture. It does not matter how expertly we may quote the Scripture. There are things that we cannot learn from it. We cannot learn from it how the believer lives. He lives by faith. We can learn that from Scripture. But what living by faith means, we can never learn that from Scripture. We can only learn that from the teaching of the Word of the Lord through the Scripture, of course, in our own experience. He increases in knowledge, the man who hears, the man who is wise. But, as is true in every other condition and walk of life, he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. From which we learn that there may be and that there is a joyfulness or a buoyancy of spirit which is the result of nothing but ignorance. He that increases knowledge increases sorrow. That is true in this life. That will not be true in eternity. It is true here. The more we grow in knowledge, the more we realize the many reasons for sorrow there are. He that groweth in knowledge groweth in sorrow. And my friend, 
Das gibt es auf keiner Zeit. That world stands true, as long as the world remains. Perhaps that wasn't your idea. It certainly wasn't mine. My philosophy was this. The more I gain of knowledge, the more joy I will have and the less sorrow. was my philosophy. But alas, it didn't turn out like that at all. No, when it is said that he that increases knowledge increases sorrow, that does not mean to say that it does not increase in joyfulness also. And this is one of the paradoxes of Christian learning, we mean the learning of the spirit as distinct from the learning of the letter. This is one of its paradoxes, that as more reason is brought to life, why one should rejoice in the Lord, more reason is also brought to life. Why one should grieve for one's own sins and shortcomings. They are not mutually exclusive. Yes, they go side by side. He that increases knowledge increases sorrow. The wise hear and they increase in learn. Then, of course, there's a death to them that can't be found anywhere else, or in anyone else. And this very sorrow contributes greatly to that depth of character that should characterize a Christian man and woman. They increase in love. There may be much giddiness, even in the Christian life. Yeah, in certain respects, it is inevitable, especially at the beginning of one's Christian life. But as one hears, as one increases in learn. There should be a death, a mellowness, that should indeed be as we savor of Christ everywhere the believer is. He increases in knowledge, in learn. How different from many who have the same story day in and day There are some, and uh, they tell you what they are. That is, they give you their experiences which they have had 20 years ago, 
and they haven't learned anything in the interval. They have been to say, I knew a few of that type too in my day. It didn't matter when you saw them or where you saw them. They played the same tune all the time. What happened 20 or 30 years ago? What they had learned in the interval, if they had learned anything, wasn't considered. Well, that is not the case with the Christian. The path of the light is as a shining light. That shines more and more unto the perfect day. The wise hear and increase in knowledge. This is one of their characteristics, which set them apart from those who are not wise. Now, as they increase in learning, they understand a proverb and the interpretation thereof. The words of the wise and their dark sins. Surely this is true of everyone who is wise, who hears and who increases in knowledge. That knows they will understand things that were indeed dark things to them before. And I refer exclusively to the scriptures. As one increases in learning, in wisdom, in knowledge, this will be one of the results. He will understand this that he couldn't understand before. Things in the word of God that were indeed dark. He understands a proverb, and let us remember this, the word of the Lord is given us. Much of it in the very form of a proverb. All of it in the spirit of a proverb. That is to say, no man understands it until it is explained to him by the Spirit of the Lord. There are things that are made unnecessarily obscure. And that is one of the vices that every speech, that every speech is possible. That he should make things more obscure than necessary. But just let us remember on the other hand, there are certain things that cannot be made plain. You cannot explain color to the blind. You cannot teach music to the deaf. That is absolutely impossible. Neither can you make the natural heart understand spiritual things. 
It does not act as of me, that in your cue. It is a case of one lacking the capacity, the faculty, for understanding and apprehending what is said before. The natural man understands it not the things of the Spirit of God, and that works that to the end of time. See, one might say something like this. Why can't you make things simpler? Make them simple to us, so that we can understand them. Well, there may be those who can do that. But some of us cannot. We can't make what is not simple simple. And the word of God, my friends, is not simple. There was never a more pernicious error than to give out that the word of God is simple. It is simple in the sense that there is no duplicity in it. But it is not simple in the sense that the natural man can understand it. He simply cannot. That's all that do it. It cannot be done. What to say? Well, see how, how simply Christ taught in parables. What we said to you before, I will repeat here. If you find the parables easy, then you have a way of interpretation that some of us don't know. If the parables are easy, anything and everything is easy. We don't find them easy. We find them very difficult. Very, very difficult. Furthermore, it is not dependent on any man's consciousness. Christ himself said, I speak to them in parables so that they won't understand. Seeing they shall not see, and hearing they shall not hear. But what did he see of his disciples? Blessed are ye, for the things that are given to them in Arabic are given to you plainly. He interpreted what he said to his own disciples apart. How could he have how could there have been any need for interpretation if the thing was so easy, if the substance of the doctrine was so easy as the sovereign did know? There would be no need for interpretation. But the disciples always found it necessary to ask him the meaning of what he said. Hence, it was not easy. It was not easy in the sense that anyone could apprehend. No, it wasn't. And it isn't. And it cannot be. It cannot be. It doesn't matter how gifted we may be. There is always need for the prayer. Lord, open my eyes. 
that I may see wonderful things in thy law or in thy word, that I may understand wonderful things out of it. The presupposition being that without this opening of the eyes, he could understand nothing. Nothing. Open thou mine eyes. Well, this increase of learning makes itself known in giving one to understand something of Proverbs, of a Proverbs, and the interpretation thereof, and the sayings of the wise. This is its result. But at the beginning, let us again emphasize there is the wisdom that fears the word of the Lord, the wise fears and increase in earth. Do we hear? Have we heard? Do we listen? Do we hear what God the Lord does speak? Do we hear the word of God with reverence, recognizing its authority? Do we receive it in faith and in love? Do we lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives? These are momentous.